Welcome. This week we're not doing a Parsha share, we're doing a Shavuos share. You know why? Because it's Shavuos. Shavuos is going to be on Thursday night, tomorrow night. We're going to have Shavuos. Two days of Shavuos. It's on Friday and on Shabbos. It's a very special Yom Tov. It's an extraordinary Yom Tov. Do you know why? Because it's the Yom Tov when we commemorate receiving the Torah on Mount Sinai. How do we commemorate receiving the Torah on Mount Sinai? Uh, before you answer that, don't answer that question right away. Before you answer that question, I want to ask you another question. We'll answer that question and then we're going to come back to Shavuos. How do we commemorate Yetzias Mitzrayim? It wasn't that long ago, by the way. I hope you've got a good memory. It wasn't such a long time ago. How do we commemorate Yetzias Mitzrayim? We eat matzah. We have Seder night, we eat matzah. We have Morar. If we were at the time of the Beis HaMikdash, we would have Korban Pesach, right? How do we commemorate the fact that Hashem took us out of Egypt and for 40 years looked after us in the wilderness? It's a festival called Sukkot. It's in a few months' time. How do we commemorate that incredible moment in our history? We sit in a Sukkah. What do we do on Sukkot? We shake Luluf. We shake the Estrug, Hadassim, Arobus. Okay, it's in the Torah, right? What about Purim? What do we do on Purim? We just had Purim, it was before Pesach. Do you remember? It's not such a long time ago. What do we do on Purim to commemorate the incredible miracle, our miraculous rescue from the jaws of death at the hands of Haman? We've got four mitzvahs. We read the Megillah. We give shlachmonos, we give matonos levyoinim, we have a su'uda. That's the mitzvah, right? Mitzvah Purim. What do we do on Hanukkah? There was a miracle. Because there was meant to be only one night of oil, and the light of the menorah should only have been for one night, and it lasted for eight so that we could make new oil. What do we do? We light a menorah. A Hanukkiah every night. That's how we commemorate this incredible... Uh, moment in Jewish history when the Chashmonoim took back the Beis HaMikdash from the Yevonim. What do we do on Shavuos? I'm coming back to the original question. How do we celebrate receiving the Torah? What do we do? I'm going to tell you. We eat cheesecake. <laughs> That's what we do, right? We eat cheesecake. Really? This is the most momentous occasion in the history of the Jewish nation. We receive the Torah. It's the foundational document. It's the scripture of the Jewish people. We received it at Mount Sinai. God revealed himself to the Jewish people. And he personally spoke the Ten Commandments at one of the most extraordinary moments in human history, not just Jewish history. A revelation, God's revelation at Mount Sinai. And now we're coming up with a method of commemoration. How do we commemorate this anniversary? How about a nice piece of cheesecake? Does it make any sense? Really? That's the method by which we remember the anniversary? It doesn't make much sense, right? I think you'll all agree. It's not something that makes a lot of sense. 
So I want to today, just in this, however long we're going to take, in this amount of time, hopefully in less than an hour, I want to talk to you about cheesecake. Not really cheesecake. I want to talk to you about dairy foods on Shavuos, which is synonymous with the celebration of this particular Yom Tov. We don't eat matzah, we don't shake lulav, we don't light the menorah, and we don't read the Megillah. We eat cheesecake. What is that about? Why? Why are we dedicating this momentous occasion, this annual anniversary and commemoration of us receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai by something so mundane as the consumption of dairy foods? Was that a good, a good setup? Are you, are you ready to hear more about this? Okay, let's do it. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read for you the Ramah. Do you know who the Ramah was? He was Rabbi Moshe Isilus. He was a rabbi in Krakow in the, in the 16th century. And he was an extraordinary man because he realized when he saw the Shulchan Aruch that rather than write his own book, he was going to just annotate the Shulchan Aruch so that the Shulchan Aruch, which was written by a Sephardi, right, was written by Rabbi Yosef Karo, could also be used by Ashkenazim. All you need to do was to add in little parenthetical notes that would enable Ashkenazim to use this, and it unifies the Jewish people. The Shulchan Aruch is a book of unity, because Sephardim and Ashkenazim, wherever you are on the geographic map of the Jewish nation, you can refer to the Shulchan Aruch and you'll find something that's relevant to you. It doesn't matter where you live. Your customs will be uh, mentioned and will be a part of the Shulchan Aruch. This is what the Ramah has to say. It's at the end of Hilchus Pesach. This is what the Ramah has to say about eating dairy on Shavuos. Are you ready? Let's go for it. Okay. I... I by the way, the source sheet is available. If you're watching this online, then it's going to be available in the YouTube, in the description of the YouTube. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, it's a comment. And if you are on my website, rabbidana.com, it's actually included as part of the description of, this, uh, of uh, either the video or the SoundCloud recording. So you can actually download the uh, source sheet and you can look at all of this. Everything that I'm saying is on a source sheet that you can print out and you can sound very intelligent and well-informed when you give this share to other people as if you prepared it yourself. Okay? Very good. It's in English. Part of it is in English as well. Not all in Hebrew. This is what the Ramah says. Orachayim. And it's in uh, 494, part 3 of Erechaim. Listen carefully. Noyagin b'chol mokoim lechol ma'achol cholov. Every place in the Jewish map has this custom on Shavuos of eating dairy products b'yoyim rishoyin shal shavuos on the first day of Shavuot. By the way, not the second day, you see that? No eating of cheesecake on the second day of Shavuos, according to this remark. I bet you didn't know that. V'nira li 
And it appears to me that the reason Shehukamai that the reason that we eat dairy products on Shavuos is like the two cooked items, the roast items that we have on the Seder plate on Pesach at Seder night. Zecher le Pesach, the Zecher le Chagiga. In memory, to commemorate the Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, the Passover sacrifice, and the Korban Chagiga, which was the Yomta sacrifice. So we have the burnt egg and the burnt bone that we have on our Seder plate as a method by which we prompt our memories. It's a mnemonic to remind us of these two sacrifices that were brought on that particular occasion on Pesach. That is why we have dairy on Shavuos. That is why we eat dairy products. And afterwards we have something which is a meat product, a meat food. So why should we have dairy and meat? Because the halacha is, I'm going to teach you a halacha now. The halacha is that if you have a meal that is a dairy meal, it's cheese, and you have yourself a cream cheese bagel, and now you want to have a corned beef sandwich. Are you allowed to have that in the same meal? No, can't do that. You have to now say birkas hamozoin on the dairy meal, so that you've finished eating your dairy food, and now you begin a new meal. You wash again, you say, and now you have your corned beef sandwich. So that is the same thing that you're going to do on Shavuos. You're going to have your dairy meal. You're going to have your cheesecake to start with, together with your meal. Then you're going to bench. And then you're going to have your meat meal for Yom Tov. That's what the Ramah says. Why? You have to bring two breads to the table. Because we know that the table is something which brings, evokes the idea of a mizbeach, of an altar. Because a table and an altar are very similar. As a result of us doing this, we remember a particular type of carbon that was brought on Shavuos, the Shnei HaLechem. It's the end of the carbon Omer. We bought a barley offering on Pesach. We bring a wheat offering on Shavuos at the end of the counting of the Omer. And the way we bring a wheat offering is a Shnei HaLechem, the two breads, Shehoyu Makrivim B'Yoyim HaBikurim, that they brought on Shavuos. In other words, so that we remember, says the Ramah, that there was an obligation to bring Shnei HaLechem on Shavuos. We have two different types of meal, a dairy meal and a meat meal on Shavuos. You're going to have one Lechem with your dairy meal. You're going to have another Lechem, a second Lechem with your meat meal. And in that way, you're going to evoke the memory of the Shnei HaLechem. Have you ever heard that reason before? That's what the Ramah says. This is what he wrote centuries ago as the reason for which we have milk and cheese and dairy products on Shavuos.
Okay, but it's not the reason you know. The reason you know is the one that's cited by the Mishnah Brewer. The Mishnah Brewer was written by the Chovetz Chaim, who finished it in the year 1906. It's a comprehensive halachic commentary, and uh, it's incredible. It was written by the Chovetz Chaim so that he could present a, a guide to those people who want to observe halacha properly, and I spoke about it in my most recent Treasures video, which is going up online today, that Chovetz Chaim wrote based on the work of a team of people who put it together, a halachic commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, which took into account all of the many customs, regulations, ideas and ideals of the Ashkenazi community in Europe. Uh, and it was published in the early part of the 20th century. And he is considered to be a Pesach Achraim. He's considered to be one of the final decisors of Jewish law. And this is what he has to say. I'm going to read you the English. In the source sheet you have the Hebrew as well. This is the English translation of the Chofetz Chaim's commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, the Mishnah as to why it is we have dairy products on Shavuos. You listening? Here it is. Dairy foods. Ma'achole cholov. This is what it says in the Shulchan Aruch. I also heard in the name of a great person who gave a good reason for eating dairy foods. When the children of Israel, the Bnei Yisrael, stood at the foot of Mount Sinai, says the Chofetz Chaim, and received the Torah, when the Ten Commandments were revealed through which every other part of the Torah was revealed to them. You should know that the Aseres Hadibrois, the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, that's headlines. The editorial is the rest of the Torah. Contained within the Ten Commandments is everything else in the Torah. So what happened when they received the Torah at Mount Sinai? They went down from the mountain to their homes and found nothing that they could immediately eat except for dairy foods. As had they wanted meat, they would have had needed too much preparation in order to slaughter the meat, the cow, with a properly sharpened knife. You can't just, you know that Shechita needs a chalaf that is sharpened properly. They couldn't do that. Now they knew the halacha. They knew how a cow had to be slaughtered and they couldn't do it. And to clean out the forbidden fats and the blood, they need to, you know, it's a complex process. You can't just do it. You need to take out all the chelev. You need to salt the meat and you need to soak the meat. And they couldn't do it. Also, they would have needed to have cooked all the meat in new vessels, in new pots. Because the pots that they use regularly were used to cook meat, which wasn't kosher. So they were treif. Now that they received the Torah, they knew that the pots that they had used to cook the meat until today were treif, they couldn't use them. And now they discover these were not kosher, as they'd not been used in the last, as they had been used in the last 24 hours. So their old pots were forbidden for them. They couldn't cook a meat meal for Yom Tov. Therefore, they chose to eat dairy foods so that they could eat immediately. And we do the same thing as a commemoration of what happened then. That is the most famous reason, the one that's most often cited 
as the reason for eating dairy foods on Shavuos. Continues the Mishnah Bura. In some places there is also a custom to eat honey and milk. Cholov Udvash. Because the Torah is likened to them as it says, Dvash v'cholov tachas l'shoinech. The Pesach says, and this is in Shira Shirim, honey and milk under your tongue. The Torah is considered to be like honey and milk together. And therefore, in order to eat honey and milk, you can't eat meat. Because if you eat milk, you can't eat meat. That's why we have dairy. It's another reason that's cited by the Mishnah Brewer as a potential reason for why we have dairy products on Shavuos. Shavuos, the commemoration of receiving the Torah. Torah is compared to honey and milk, and therefore we have dairy products together with honey. You should have honey cake, by the way, not cheesecake, on Shavuos. Continues the Mishnah Baruch. This is what the Ramah said. He's commenting on the Ramah that just like at Seder night, we have the two roast items on the Seder plate. Similarly, we have dairy products on Shavuos. Says the Mishnah Baruch as follows. What this means to say is that on Passover, we have a reminder on our Seder plate, the bone, and we do the same on Shavuos by remembering the Shtei Halechem that was brought. And for this reason, we eat a dairy meal first, and afterwards, we have a meat meal. And we need to bring two different loaves because it is forbidden to eat milk and meat together with the same bread. This use of two separate loaves serves as our reminder of the Shnei HaLechem offering. So uh, three reasons are brought by the Mishnah Brewer, and the most famous of which is that the Jewish nation, having just received the Torah with all the halachas pertaining to how one can consume meat as an Orthodox Jew, all of those halachas were not possible for them to carry out in such a short period of time and therefore the only option for them was to eat dairy products and to commemorate this moment in our formative history. We have dairy products on Shavuos. The Mogin Avraham, the Mogin Avraham adds a Kabbalistic reason as to why it is that we have dairy products on Shavuos. I'm reading you the translation. This is on page two of my source sheet there are many reasons for eating dairy products on Shavuos, he says. I will cite the reason that is written in the Zohar. The previous seven weeks were in parallel to the seven clean days that are counted by a woman after she goes to the mikveh before she is intimate with her husband. We know that blood turns into milk that when a woman is nursing, the milk that comes to feed her baby is something that emanates from the fluid in her system, which is blood. And this is a parallel to the movement from judgment to mercy, says the Zohar, quoted by the Mogin Avraham. That now that we have received the Torah, we are being judged by everything that we are being asked to do. And we don't do it properly, do we? We're not perfect. And therefore, as a result of that, we eat dairy products, which reminds us of the mercy of a mother on the child. The blood turns to milk, 
And that is how the child is able to sustain itself. And we too want to be, as it were, nursed by God. And we want the judgment to turn into mercy. We want the blood to turn into milk. And therefore we have dairy products on Shavuos. Now, I want to ask you a very important question. We've discussed this before in other shiurim. In fact, a couple of weeks ago we spoke about it. What day of the week was the Torah given? Do you know the answer? Shabbos. The Torah was given on Shabbos. Now, the Torah was given on Shabbos. What does that mean? Are you allowed to do Shechita on Shabbos? Are you allowed to slaughter an animal on Shabbos? No. So what are we talking about? What is going on here? This is a Gemara in Shabbos. I'm going to read you the Gemara in Shabbos. I'm going to read you the translation. You can have a look at the original um, Aramaic in source 4 on your source sheet. Everyone agrees that the Torah was given to the Jewish people on Shabbos. How do we know that? Because it says so in the Ten Commandments. Remember the Shabbos day to keep it holy. Zohar es yom ha-Shabbos And it is written there. Remember this day, Hayoim Hazer, on which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by the strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leaven eaten. You are not allowed to eat chametz. What day did they come out of Mitzrayim? It was a Shabbos. Exactly seven weeks later when they received the Torah, what day of the week was it? Shabbos. Just as there the mitzvah of remembering was commanded on the exact day of Yetzias Mitzrayim, in other words, on the day that it happened, so to the mitzvah of remembering here was commanded specifically on the Shabbos day, which was the same day this commandment was given. In other words, Zohar es Yom HaShabbos Lekadshoi, Hayoim Hazeh, it's the same day, Shavuos took place on Shabbos. Now, you might think to yourself, okay, so the Torah was given on Shabbos, but the laws of Shabbos hadn't yet come into effect because they hadn't yet quite received the Torah. So even if it was Shabbos, they could still do Shechita because even though it was Shabbos, they didn't have all the laws of Shabbos yet. Not true. Actually, as it turns out, even though there were seven mitzvahs of Bnei Noach, and th that time the Jewish nation was considered Noahide, they weren't yet the Jewish nation, until they received the Torah, the only mitzvahs that they had were the seven mitzvahs of Noach. But actually, when they got to Morah, it says that they received another three mitzvahs. They went up from seven to ten. It's a Gomorrah in Sanhedrin. The Gemara says, Is it true that the descendants of Noach are commanded, instructed, expected and compelled to establish a judiciary? Because, Vartanya, was it not taught in a brysa? The Jewish nation was commanded to observe ten mitzvahs when they got to Morah, which was before 
they got to Mount Sinai. It was after the exodus from Egypt and before Mount Sinai. Sheba shekiblu aleim b'nei noach. Seven of those were the mitzvahs that they had received as b'nei noach. They were no different than anyone else in the world at that time. And therefore they had seven Noahide laws. V'hoisifu aleim dinin v'shabos v'kibud av v'ein. And there were three mitzvahs that were added at that stage, even before they received the Torah. And relevant to us, I'm not going to go into the Gomorrah and Sanhedrin, Daphnun Vov. Relevant to us, they were told to add the following mitzvahs, judiciary, Shabbos, and honoring your father and your mother. Which again, two of those were repeated in the Aseris Adibrois, but they had already received those mitzvahs. One of which was Shabbos, and therefore when they received the Torah, they couldn't say, well, we don't know anything about Shabbos, because already a couple of weeks earlier, whenever it was, after Yetzirah Mitzrayim, and before they got to Mount Sinai, they had already received instructions on the observance of Shabbos. Can you do Shechit on Shabbos? I asked you that question before. The answer is no. In which case, I'm not going to go into the details, the Gemara over there, and you've got it in your source sheet. The Gemara over there goes into detail as to how we can establish that these um, were requirements of the Jewish nation even before Mount Sinai, but we certainly know from this Gemara in Sanhedrin that they were instructed in Shabbos observance even before the Torah was given. So now, besides for that very interesting observation that Shabbos that the Torah was given on Shabbos. I have another um, number of observations which result in questions, which I'm going to cite to you. The first of which comes from a sefer called Sukkas David, written by a man called Rabbi David Kviat. He died in the year 2009. Um, he was almost 90 years old. He was one of the Rosh Hashivas of the Mir, Yeshiva in Flatbush in New York and originally he survived the Holocaust. He was in the Mir Yeshiva in Europe and he was one of those who escaped together with the Mir Yeshiva that ended up in Shanghai, China and ultimately they came by San Francisco to New York and re-established Yeshiva's Mir in New York and he had, he was the rabbi of a shul in Flatbush, or in Borough Park, actually, I believe, and he uh, uh, wrote a sefer called Sukkas David, which is on Yomim Tovim, on festivals, on Chagim. He says as follows, Avod Tzorich Biur, it needs to be explained to us, Makosav she'ochlu macholei cholov mishum she'yotzorich lemacholei bosa hachonorabo. The fact that the Mishnah Brewer obviously citing others, but the Mishaburah says, and there is this tradition, that the reason why we have dairy foods on Shavuos was because meat foods require a lot of preparation, a lot of input, and it wasn't possible for them to do that, and therefore they had to have dairy foods. The Gemara says very clearly, it's a Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Pei Vav Amad Beis. Everybody agrees that the Torah was given on Shabbos. Vim Kain Gambeli Ha'achona Rabbala Yechaylem Lishchait Ulevashel Abbasar. It's why would you suggest 
that they needed to make those preparations. They couldn't even make those preparations because they had to observe Shabbos. You're not allowed to do anything which is considered work on Shabbos. One of the things that's considered work is Shechita, and other things is considered cooking. You're not allowed to cook on Shabbos. And they already were told, as we saw earlier on, that the laws of Shabbos um, were given to them at Mora, and therefore there's no, there was no question that they could have had Bosso, but now they couldn't because they can't do Shechita and they can't do Bishel. Because they couldn't do Shechita and Bishel anyway. Because it was Shabbos. On Shabbos you're not allowed to do those things. So what um, possible Hava Amina could there be that this was something that came into consideration? We know that the mitzvah of Shabbos, of observing all the laws, the restrictions of Shabbos, is something that preceded Matan Torah preceded the revelation at Sinai. Because they were already given the instructions about Shabbos in Mora. Now we're going to look at the Ayeles Hashacha, written by Rab Aaron Yehuda Leib Steinman, who was the Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva Katana, Ponavish, and Benebrak. He died only a few years ago. An extraordinary man, who was originally from Lithuania, spent time in Montreux, as a Magid Shir in the yeshiva there, Rabbi Botchko's yeshiva, alongside the great Rabbi Achil Yaakov Weinberg. Eventually he went to Bnei Brak, where he became the Rosh Hashiva of the yeshiva Katana of Ponovish. He says as follows, listen carefully. It would appear, quite remarkably, that if they went home and they didn't do Shechita, that they must have known even before Matan Torah that you're not allowed to do Shechita uh, and that you're not allowed to, sorry, you're not allowed to eat meat if the cow has not had Shechita. They must have known it in advance, the Torah Bior. And this needs to be explained. Even if you're going to suggest that somehow, supernaturally, Moshe Rabbeinu absorbed every single requirement, restriction of the Torah at Mount Sinai, at Mamat Har Sinai. It wouldn't have been possible instantaneously to impart that knowledge to the Jewish nation. It's not possible to do such a thing. Therefore, how could they have known about Shechita? They must have known about it before. In which case, says Rav Steinman, how is it that they knew about these halochas earlier on? He says, I don't really have an explanation. Possibly that all those laws that had immediate um, impact on their day-to-day -day lives, those were the laws that Moshe Rabbeinu taught to them before he ascended Mount Sinai to learn everything else. But the truth is that the explanation about why we have dairy products on Shavuos that is cited by the Mishnah Brua requires further elucidation and explanation. Because as we know when they were in the Midbar, notwithstanding everything we've already discussed, how did they eat? 
Heim achlu man. They didn't have basar v'cholov. They had manna. And if they had manna, then all this is an academic discussion of no relevance. Because they came home, what did they eat? Mon. And the next day, what did they eat? Mon. And the day after that, what did they For 40 years, every single day, what they ate was mon. There was no basar and no cholov, except for the incidents of the slav. There was no concept of basar and cholov. It certainly shouldn't, be, shouldn't have been something that vexed them when they came back from Ma'amad Harsinai. Why would it have vexed them? Why should they have been bothered by it? They came home, even if they had been taught the laws of Bosar and Cholov, even if they had been taught about the laws with regard to how you need to prepare meat in order to eat it and that it's kosher, it was of no relevance to them because the only food they ate was man. They didn't require neither meat nor dairy. In which case, this entire discussion makes no sense at all. And what the Mishabura suggests is the reason for why we have dairy products on Shavuos is of no relevance. Here we have now, this is source number eight. It's a quote from Rabbi Avram Modcha Alter, the Imre Emes, the Gera Rebbe, who died in 1948, an extraordinary man who set up his Hasidic group. He brought many out of Poland and managed to re-establish the Gera Hasidim in Eretz Yisrael. He built Yeshiva Svas Emes in the 1920s, and it is now the largest Hasidic group in Eretz Yisrael because of the foresight, the incredible foresight of this man, Rabbi Avram Modcha Alter, the Imre Emes. And this is something that's quoted in his name by one of his successors, his youngest son, Rapinchas Menachem Alter, and the Pnei Menachem, who died in 1996. And this is a, a quote or cited in the name of his father. In the Mepharshim, um, we have a reason. There's a reason that is cited as the cause for this custom that we have dairy products, we consume dairy products on Shavuos. For the very first time, the Jewish nation had heard or heard the laws of Shechita, the laws of how one needs to slaughter cattle in order to obtain meat. It was the first that they'd ever heard of it. And they didn't have, at that stage, proper knives that they could use in order for them to slaughter the animals correctly so that they could consume the meat. As a result of which they were compelled to eat dairy foods and therefore, today too, that is the custom, as we heard earlier from the Mishabura, here cited by Rabinchus Menachem Alta, the Pnei Menachem, in, in the name of his father, the Imre Emes. That is the reason why we have dairy products on Shavuos. And my father, the um, the uh, the Rebbe of Ger, the Imre Emes, 
struggled with that idea. Because we know that the Gemara in Bechoros, Isa de Beloikra, Dechsiv, Eretz Zavas Cholov Udvash, Hava Aminu de Cholov Osur. The Gemara there says if it wouldn't be for the fact that the Torah says that the land of Israel is a land that's flowing with milk and honey, one might have thought that milk is actually something that is forbidden. For Jews to consume, to eat, Livnei Yisrael, mitam yoitzim in because it is something that emerges from a live animal. Uh, and at this stage, what I'm going to say is, it's some kind of derivative halacha from aver min hachai. You know that you're not allowed to have something that comes from a live animal, meat. You're not allowed to cut off a steak from a cow and eat it if it's alive. You have to shecht it, and then you can have the meat from the dead animal. Similarly, there is this concept at this at this stage. What we're saying is that there's something called yotze min hachai, something that comes from a live animal. You're not allowed to eat something that comes from a live animal. It has to have been slaughtered correctly in order for you to consume any part of it, including milk. However, milk seems to be an exclusion, and the reason for that, says the Gemara in Bechayros, is because Eretz Zovas Cholav Cholav Udvash. The land of Israel is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It's only because the Torah um, makes the praise of Israel contingent on milk. It must be that it is permitted, as we can see there in the Gemara in Bechayres. Imkain, Mavur Lefizeh, Debeemes Koida Matan Torah. If that's the case, it would seem evident from that that before the revelation of Mount Sinai when we received the Torah, which would have been before this posuk was given, the Torah was given at Mount Sinai. That Torah that was given at Mount Sinai included Eretz Zoras Cholavudvash. But before that posuk was actually delivered, what would one say? It, one would say, um, the Jewish people were forbidden to eat or drink milk or eat dairy products. In which case, it's complicated. It doesn't make much sense to, uh, based on what it says in the Gemara in Shabbos, as we cited earlier, that everybody agrees that the Torah was given on Shabbos. And during the Bein Hashmoshes, before the Torah was actually given, it was forbidden for the Jewish people at that stage, before the Torah was given, to consume dairy products. Because the Torah had not yet been given to them, therefore they didn't have this posuk of Eretz Zavas Cholavudvash, which is the posuk on which we base the concept based on the Gemara and Bechayres, that you, a Jew is permitted to have milk even though it's Yotze Min Hachai. The Imkain, Hayacholav Osolahem Bishum Yotze Min Hachai, it was forbidden to them during Bein Hashmashos to have Cholav. We have a halacha 
that anything that is forbidden, we're now in the middle of Shabbos in Dafyomi, anything that is forbidden, Bein Hashmoshes, in that interim period between sunset and nightfall on Friday, anything that you're not allowed to have during that period of time is not just forbidden for that period of time, it is forbidden and not allowed, prohibited for the remainder of Shabbos, Lekule Yoma. Which means that that Shabbos, when they received the Torah, the Bein Hashmoshes of which they had been forbidden to eat Cholov dairy products, the entire Shabbos was forbidden to eat dairy products because we know that that is the law. That is the Halacha, that is the Psak. You're not allowed to have dairy products during the period of Shabbos, if during Ben Hashmoshes you had been forbidden, which was the case, because they'd not yet received the Torah, and therefore, Eret Zovas Cholavudvash could not act as a leniency for them to eat this, which was Yotzeh Minachai. Kibun Sheba Ben Shabbos, in that interim period of dusk, of between sunset and nightfall of that Shabbos, these foods were forbidden for them. The kosher hatam hanal, in which case the reason that is cited by the Mishnah Bura as the reason for which we have dairy products on Shavuos is extremely difficult to understand and it makes no sense. How is that the reason? We must go to one of the other reasons. That cannot be the reason why we have and consume dairy products on Shavuos why we have cheesecake on Shavuos, it makes no sense, according to the Imre Emes, as cited by his son, the Pnei Menach. Okay, now we're going to look at the Moyadim Uzmanim of Rav Moshe Sternbuch, who is one of the Dayonim of the Eidach Haredis Bezdin in Yerushalayim. I recently published an article about a fascinating psak that he issued with regard to um, having an Aliyah Latoira if you are in a completely different location but can be heard and seen at that moment during this COVID-19 crisis when we're having minyonim, uh, people are standing on different balconies belonging to different apartments on the same block. If you want to check it up on my website, um, ravedana.com, just do a search on Sternbuch and you'll come up with this fascinating revelation that he, uh, uh, that he gave based on something that was said by his ancestor the Vilna gone. But here is what Rabbi Moshe Steinbuch says about eating dairy products. It was a novelty. Beautiful idea. Another uh, suggestion as to why it is that we have dairy products on Shavuos. Based on the Gemara and Bechoros that we just cited. He suggests that it might have been thought that cholov, milk, was something that was actually forbidden because it was ever minachai, kamash melon, mikra doshari. And therefore, it's in an incredible chiddish to eat cholov if you're Jewish. You'd never eaten pizza before because it had been forbidden because it was considered, if you're a ben noyach, to be Aver min hachai, and we needed the dispensation of the Torah based on the Posuk, Eretz Zovas Cholavudvash, to permit us to have dairy products for the first time. We had access to products, to foods 
that we had been previously forbidden to eat. And we can say that before Matan Torah, before the revelation at Sinai, it had indeed been forbidden for anyone to have milk because Mishum and it's only because we received the Torah that it became permitted to them. Having never had dairy products before in their lives, that was the go-to food for the first time in their lives based on the fact that they received the Torah, they could have dairy products. And therefore, to commemorate that great moment of the first time that they could have dairy products, we commemorated. He doesn't suggest, as the Gerereba suggested, that it was forbidden because it had been forbidden during um, dusk. He just says that that first day of Shavuos was a day when for the first time ever they could have dairy products and they were that excited about it that that's what they did and therefore to commemorate that moment of euphoria because we had access to dairy products to eat, we every year on Shavuos have dairy products because we want to commemorate this anniversary. Now we're going to look at the Shittah Mekubetes, who's address, going to address this particular issue as to whether or not Bnei Noach were or are allowed to eat dairy products. So in time. What's the story? Abraham was visited by three strangers. What did he prepare for them? He prepared milk and he prepared meat. And it can't be that he prepared food for them that was forbidden for him. Because we know that Abraham, indeed, he observed the entire Torah. He knew it, as it were, by Ruach HaKodesh. And to the extent that it was possible for him to observe a mitzvah, he observed it. And therefore, if it was true to say that Cholov was osa to him, how is it possible that he served the angels, who he didn't know were angels, that he served them dairy products? So interestingly enough, by the way, it wasn't that he was forbidden to eat dairy products. At this stage, what the Shittimekubitsa seems to be saying is that he served meat and dairy products together. How could he possibly serve meat and dairy products together? Because he himself was forbidden to eat meat and dairy products together. In which case, how is it possible that he served them? Says the Ri, he thought that they were Bnei Noach and and therefore they're not commanded not to eat dairy and meat together, they're entitled to. They can. These are not shekiblu uh, aleim, these are not uh, this restriction of meat and milk together, is not something that is required of a Ben Noach. They're allowed to have meat and they can have a cheeseburger. Not a problem at all. And if they want to have a nice piece of cheesecake after having eaten a steak, I'm not sure how they have room for it, they're entitled to do it because they're Bnei Noach. And in the Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud, it, um, it seems to be that they had 
the meat and milk together. It would appear that when God wanted to give them the Torah, you're not, he said to them, worthy of receiving it. And because we know that whenever, when a child becomes old enough, one immediately gives them dairy products and immediately thereafter one gives them meat products. How is it possible? that? Um, so this is one of the uh, potential problems about the Jews receiving the Torah, that they ate milk and meat together. So it seems that according to the Shittah Mekubetes and the Omeri, and obviously, if, even if it's known by the Maidim Uzmanim of Rabbi Sternbuch and by the Ger Rebbe, they, uh, they dismissed it. But here's a Rishon who says the Bnei Noach were permitted to eat dairy products. It seems to fly in the face of this idea that dairy products was a novelty, were a novelty uh, after Matan Torah, because it would appear that uh, they were permitted not just to eat dairy products, but to eat dairy and meat together. Now we're going to cite a Medrash Tehillim, a Medrash on Tehillim, and which talks about the separation of meat and milk, and meat and dairy, as a defining mitzvah. What does it say? Because we know that Moshe Rabbeinu went up Mount Sinai and he never descended. They made the Egel, the Nishtabru and the tablets of stone were broken by Moses when he came down and saw what they had done. Um, we know that the angels in heaven protested. And they said to God, and now that you've seen what happened, return the Torah to us. They are not worthy of receiving it. They can't observe it. But when Moses came up Mount Sinai, and he ascended Mount Sinai to receive the Torah again. This was the second time. How is it possible that you would consider giving Moses the Torah again? Yesterday, just yesterday, they transgressed its requirements. You wrote in the Torah, in the Ten Commandments, you said to them, you're not allowed to have other gods. Every day you are um, acting as prosecutors against the Jewish nation between trying to break the relationship between me and the Jews. And what about you guys? You When you went down and you were eating together when that was what Abraham gave you, because that's what it says that Avraham Avinu gave you meat and milk. That's you had the Torah then. That was your Torah at that stage, and it says you're not allowed to have meat and milk together. And yet, when Avraham Avinu served you your cheeseburger, I didn't hear you, you protested. You ate it. However, a young uh, child when he goes from his from his teacher's home, and his mother gives him bread and um, meat and cheese to eat, and he says to her, Today my 
teacher taught me, and they were not able to answer him. In other words, you big mouth angel, says the Medrash, you're suggesting that because they went against something it says in the Torah, that somehow they're not deserving of receiving it. How exactly are they different from you? You were angels who went to visit Avram Avinu. He served you something that was prohibited according to the laws of the Torah. And guess what? You ate it. In which case, you're just the same as them. I've decided to give it to them and not to give it to you. And that's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to remain. Here's a piece from Erbil Yashiv. This is number 12 on your source sheet. The idea that is suggested by the Gerebbe that eating or consuming dairy products, milk, is something which is called Yoytse Minachai. This doesn't mean that it, ha it actually extends to the Isur, the prohibition, which is what one of the seven Noahide laws of Eber Menachai, removing something, um, an actual limb, to eat from a live animal. What it actually means is that what is the Isur, the prohibition of Yoytse Menachai? It is because it comes from a live animal. The reason why it should be forbidden is not because it's Ever Minachai, but because it emerges out of something that is forbidden. In other words, before an animal has had Shechita, it is something that is forbidden. This is explaining the Shita Mikubetes, and it goes against what we just heard from Rabbi Moshe Sternbuch and the Ger Rebbe. It's not that it's Eva Menachai, or even sometimes derivative from Eva Menachai. It's because it is something that comes out of an animal that is forbidden. But something that comes out of something forbidden is not exactly the same as something that is forbidden. Atzmai, Mamish, the Mefurish Huba Rambam, the Rambam says it. Even though we know that the milk of a of a forbidden animal, Asurim in Torah, is forbidden according to the Torah. You don't get makas if you consume the milk that comes from a forbidden animal. You're not allowed to have from their flesh. He is going to have malchus because he had the meat of an animal that is forbidden. But you won't get malchus, you won't get punished if you consume an egg that comes from a forbidden animal or, if, or bird, or if you have the milk that comes from a forbidden mammal. Somebody who has those things, it's as if he's had half a measure, Shuhu Osir, that is awesome in our Torah, Loike, it's not considered a full transgression, it's a kind of a halfway house transgression, and that is not considered. So Rabbi Yashav says, Yoytsiminachai has a totally different logic to it than we uh, uh, originally said. It's not because it's some type of Everminachai, it's because it is something that comes from a an Isur, and something that comes from an Isur is forbidden, but it doesn't have that same level of forbiddenness and of prohibition that Ever Minhachai has.
And that's how we can explain the Shito Mekubetzes, who says that Cholov is allowed for Bnei Noach, the Tiritz de Bnei Noach, that they were Bnei Noach. It was before Matan Torah. It was, it was permitted for him to give, Avram Avinu to give, Basar V'cholov to the um, Malochim, even though he thought that they were people. There is no such thing as being forbidden for somebody who is a Noahide, and therefore they were allowed to have milk, not like Rabbi Shosh said, not like the Ger Rebbe said, it's perfectly okay for, the, for them to have dairy products. There is no prohibition for them of Eva Menachai to have Cholov, to ain al Cholov din Eva Menachai v'loi Bosom Menachai. It's not considered Eva Menachai and it's not considered Bosom Menachai. And therefore, we can completely dismiss the idea that there was a novelty in having Cholov at, at the time of Matan Torah. And therefore, we have to come up with another reason. I'm going to read you the Beis HaLevi and with this we're going to end our share. We're going to go a few minutes over. You'll have to forgive me. V'zehu ha'inyan, says the Beis HaLevi. Shenoyagim ba'atzeres lecho ma'cholecholov. This is the reason, perhaps, why there is this custom to have dairy products on Shavuos. The ikra kavona bozeh, the beyond of mitzvah lecho bosor. Perhaps the, the primary reason is that on Yom Tov you are commanded to have bosor. You are commanded to have meat. We know that it's important to consume a meat meal on Yom Tov as part of your Simchas Yom Tov. Why? Because we know that there's no such thing as true joy in eating and celebrating unless you have meat. On Shavuos we also have dairy. Earlier, before we have the meat. So that we have this differentiation that we can practice this idea of differentiating between dairy products which we're allowed to eat and meat products which we're allowed to eat but we're not allowed to consume together. That is something that we can be mekayim. This is a mitzvah that we can be mekayim on shvuas as a demonstration of our devoted um, loyalty to the requirements and restrictions of the Torah. Yasada to Oiz. This is uh, brought down in Medrash Tehillim, but Al Shem Shemasader Abikuach Shalamalochim Al Nasinas Atayra. As we quoted earlier, the Medrash that we said that there was this discussion between God and the Malachi Hashores with regard to whether or not the Jewish nation should receive the Torah, having. Uh, transgressed it almost immediately after receiving it. They wanted it back. The angels wanted it to be returned to them. And God said to them, don't say that you never transgressed the Torah because when Avram Avinu gave you milk and meat together, you had it. And surely that's the same Torah that says, I think that we have quite a number of interesting reasons as to why it is we have dairy products on Shavuos. This latest one, the one of the Beis HaLevi, this last one, is fascinating. That we have an opportunity to practice something which is a given uh, Torah law that we received at Mount Sinai. We went home, 
We had a dairy meal. And by the way, this is the minhag that I grew up with, that you don't have just a dairy meal on, on Shavuos. You have a dairy meal. Then you say, Birkas HaMozayn. And you have another meal, which is a meat meal, as a demonstration of our devotion to this and our, our uh, belief in this law of And it's not that we want to just have cheesecake on Shavuos. It's that we want to have cheesecake and differentiate our consumption of dairy products, our eating dairy foods um, with eating meat foods, and therefore we have the cheesecake then we finish, and that's what we do in our home. We have a beautiful kiddish with dairy products, and then we bench, we say alamichya, and then we wash, and we have our meal with meat, and that is the commemoration of this incredible simcha that we have, to have received the Torah with all the requirements that it has of us, those that we understand and those that we don't understand. It is so crucial and important for us to be devoted to the mitzvahs of the Torah, and this is just one of those mitzvahs that we are committed to as a result of having received the Torah 3,300 odd years ago. And I want to take this opportunity of wishing you all a Chag Kosher V'Sameach, have a beautiful Yom Tov. Enjoy it, enjoy your cheesecake, enjoy your meat, and have a great time. And the Mitzvah Hashem will be back together after Yom Tov is over. Thank you.